0: Tonight's episode of Midnight Tea is brought to you in part by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to season five of Midnight Tea. First and foremost, everybody, surprise! I originally said in the last episode of season four that I was not going to release season five for at least another three weeks, as I gave myself a little bit of time to kind of just recuperate from the hectic life that is being a fashion designer. But lo and behold, we've had so many breakthroughs in the horror community, in a bunch of gothic and alternative clothing and makeup and deals and media and goth and horror that there was no way I could stay away for too long. So I hope you guys are ready to sit back and relax. Enjoy all the incoming news I have for you for tonight's episode. But in that respect, how is everybody doing out there? I hope you all are well. I hope you are all staying hydrated as if you are living in Southern California like I am. It is already in the 90s. We just opened up with spring. We just went through our daylight savings time, which who out there is really excited about losing an hour of your precious sleep time, but We are currently now in spring season and spring hit the ground running. It has already been up to the 90s out there. So I hope you guys are doing whatever is possible to stay cool and more importantly, stay hydrated. It is a crazy hot time for spring this year. But also more importantly as well, as well, all of this is important. I hope you guys are continuing to spread kindness. I know there's still a lot going on within the war with Russia and Ukraine. And I just hope that if you have any at all monies to spare, to send to proper donation channels to help support the people of Ukraine during this incredibly trying time. Um, you know, war is not fun. Nobody wants to be in one unless you're Putin. But understand that these are people who could really use our help So if you have any chance, go and research some wonderful um, donation sites where you can go and donate that are recordable and could help the people of Ukraine. Um, As for your girl herself, she has been definitely taking a load off to just kind of recuperate. Um, I don't think I said it enough if I didn't in the last episode of season four, but running a fashion show is a very hectic situation. And it's not only about just making sure the models look good with clothing, hair, and makeup, and can they walk properly, but we're, you know, we're trying looks on models. If our if our higher-ups don't like the look, we have to put it on a new girl and start all over, and it's a lot. So it took a lot out of me, and that's why I initially said that there wasn't going to be another episode for at least three weeks to give me enough time to recuperate. And in truth, I didn't really <laughs> recuperate and yet did at the same time. Um, The quick version of all this was, yeah, I took a day or two off to relax, get caught up um, on my cosplays. If you've taken a look at my Instagram stories, you guys have noticed that I have been working on Haunt Couture Claudine Wolf, and she's just about at the 75% finished mark. She looks so phenomenal um i will still be posting small updates of her at least on instagram story i don't think there will be much posting on her on tiktok till she's fully completed but yeah i've been keeping all fans that have definitely started following me lately i can't say enough how much of a thank you to the three to four hundred new followers i just got on instagram just for watching my tiktoks or my reels if you will of the Claudine costume being made so your girl just finally hit her first a thousand on Instagram and I'm so stoked for that thank you but all oh, by the way that was amazing and especially if you're one of my new followers and you're now listening to this podcast because I've now had a new influx of listeners thank you so f- much for that too this is incredible it's really really amazing but so now I've gotten time to go back and work on her and like I said she's nearly completed and just also just kind of have some downtime for me to, to kind of breathe as that fashion show was my whole life for of twenty twenty two. But in the processes of also taking some time out for myself and just breathing, I I concocted another foot injury. Um, you may have heard sometime in the past that I did end up having plantar fasciitis in one of my feet, and basically I now have an advanced version of it in the same foot and. It's causing me to pay attention more to the health of my feet. And anybody could tell you we don't, we don't give our feet enough credit for all the work they do. You know, your feet carry your body all the time and they go through hell to do get you from point A to point B. So never ignore the signs of when your feet hurt and you're just like, oh, I'll walk it off. It's fine. No, don't do that. Don't ever do that. The minute they hurt, you start icing it. Only after the 24 to 48 hour mark, then you can start massaging your feet. People may have this misconception of massaging your feet the minute they hurt. Don't do that. That's not going to help the problem. You need to ice it for the first two days, then massage. Gives the pain a chance to settle and subside. And I've learned this gratefully from the love of my life, who happens to be a massage therapist teacher who specializes in pains like these. So with that being said, I'm going to be taking it a little more easy until I start getting ready for the next fashionable event. Um, But not to worry, I am going to be completely fine. I will continue to release the podcasts. But with that being said, the next episode will only be released in two weeks. I'm still going to keep that that vein going of only releasing an episode once every two weeks. So since this one came out today on midnight of the 26th, The next episode will not be out until uh, Friday into Saturday, April 15th into the 16th to kind of give myself some time to decompress. Also, I have um, a little traditional holiday happening on the 14th. I will actually be in San Diego where um, a friend of mine and I, we now started a new tradition of naming April 14th Titanic Day because we're nerds like that. And just a quick history, and then we can go ahead and jump into this episode, is the infamous sinking of the RMS Titanic, which happened on April 14th into April 15th, 1912. This year being the 110th anniversary of the sinking of the ship. And I am such a fucking nerd that I have found out the exact time it would have sank in Pacific Standard Time. So the time it was in Los Angeles when the ship sank. Now, of course, in the middle of the Atlantic, it sank between two days because it took two hours and 40 minutes for the ship to sink, striking an iceberg at roughly 11.40 p.m. And that time in Los Angeles, it was 7.40 p.m. And the ship finally fully sank at about 10. So that's roughly the time frame of when I like to watch Titanic, the movie by James Cameron, released in 97. 97 and it's always an event when i watch it like i will try to watch it on the biggest screen possible in hd 5k blu-ray like on the biggest screen i can i can get my hands on popcorn soda snacks the works and of course a stuffed animal to cuddle with when you're ready to start crying with a box of kleenex nearby cuz there even though i've seen this movie 6 million times i'll see it 6 million more I always cry during this movie and me and my friend love to use this as a girls night to just open yourselves up and it's such an experience and it's fun to do and of course pay homage to you know the real people who died in this really horrific tragedy. So that's the plan on Titanic Day, the day before I released this episode. But with that being said, guys, let me hurry up, shut up and get you into this episode. But as usual, I have to start you guys off with a disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. Alright guys, in the massive amalgamation of news I have for you, we're going to start off with this big news drop that happened three days ago from my favorite Instagram to get a lot of good horror news, horror or goth or spooky news, out of southern california and that is so calloween 909 they dropped a bombshell three days ago that beetlejuice the musical 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 is finally making its way to the west coast i don't think you heard me beetlejuice the musical that had only been in broadway in new york has finally made it to the west coast now i know that kind of contradicts what i just said like yes it has been to korea and i believe it also has been to south america we have not gotten it here on the West Coast until now. The announcement says that Beetlejuice the Musical will be arriving here in Southern California in at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood from July 11th to July 30th, 2023. That is its proposed slated date is next year, July 11th through July 30th. Now, tickets the mainstream have not been on sale just yet. However, I am also part of the email group to the um, Pantages Theater that announced that Beetlejuice tickets are technically currently available as long as you're willing to buy a summer package deal. So that means you would have to buy a package deal to see more than just one show. And to be honest, that's not a bad way to go if they have other shows you're interested in. And from the email that I received, the only ones that seem to be available at the moment is Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, the musical, Richard Thomas acted Finch Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, Annie, Mean Girls, Six, the musical, Hairspray, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, and possibly The Lion King. Now, out of all of those, the only ones I have any interest in really actually seeing is The Lion King, because anybody who I've known who has seen it, including my own parents, said that this is, like, the Broadway show you have to see. The Lion King musical outdoes the movie tenfold, and to me, that's such a great thing. So the idea of getting bundle tickets to see Lion King and Beetlejuice is a win-win for me. Tickets can start as roughly 40, 40 to $80 going on the upwards to 300 depending on your seating. I am definitely one of those people that when I have been to the Pantages, I've been there twice. Um, once was to see Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and I actually sat front row and center on the balcony. Front row and center, balcony is like the perfect seat. You have an unobstructed view by anybody, And yeah, you're not as close to the action, but I still feel like it's a great seat. Um, That'll probably be where I would like to sit for Beetlejuice the musical. Um, And of course, your girl has to buy as much merch as humanly possible. Um, My only gripe about this arrangement of it only being here, not even a full month, but for the musical only being in town 19 days, is they chose the 19 days during something that I constantly call Comic-Con season. Yeah, that can be a little problematic when a show that you know kids of my kind of ilk will be interested in, and you do it during a time where it's probably the most expensive thing. And I get it, it's summer, you wanna come out here, but summer also lasts three months. But it is a little problematic that you scheduled the show to make an LA appearance when the biggest convention of not just Los Angeles, but the state of California, not, not only that, it's the biggest comic book convention in the world. And you put it in the same, at the literally the same month and almost the same week span. Um, case in point, Comic Con this year is from the 21st to the 24th of July. If that's going to be the same dates, more or less, that it falls on next year. It's gonna hurt their sales and I hate to see the idea that Beetlejuice the musical wouldn't come back to Pantages if they thought their ticket sales were low. But in truth, I feel like having it be so close to San Diego Comic Con's timeframe is gonna hurt the sales for this show. And I really hope that the people who coordinated for it to come to Pantages keep that in mind, that it's it's not that nobody wants to see your show, it's just you chose a really bad time. You could have came in June and it wouldn't have been okay. You could have came in August and it would have been fine. You could have came closer to Halloween and you would have been untouchable. You would have been the sellout show of of the spooky season. But nonetheless, I am crazy stoked to see Beetlejuice the musical uh, come to the Pantages. This is one show that I almost tried to book a 48-hour trip to New York just to go see it. Like, that was the only thing I wanted to do. But I was it wasn't to be. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to go there and see the original cast, like Alex Brightman um, and the original Lydia uh, play the shows. I had a friend that went. He was also a guest on my On my podcast, my friend Oberlin, he went, he got to go see Beetlejuice the Musical while he still had the original cast. He actually brought back a handful of souvenirs. So I have their version of the handbook for the recently deceased, which believe it or not does look different from the one you see in the movie. I also have their program book, which has the most detailed photos of their costumes, which come on, fashion designer have to have the book in general for just that. But if you're interested, check out Ticketmaster.com to find out more information about Beetlejuice, the musical coming to Pantages. All right, guys, so let's keep our spooky and horror train going by talking about an image that has leaked on the Internet as of 48 hours ago. And that is from People magazine. Apparently, their online edition, which I didn't even know they had because I'm stupid. I don't read magazines. Um they have released photos of Nicolas Cage as Dracula on set in New Orleans for the upcoming film, Renfield. Um, okay, so for a while now, I feel like I've been hearing rumors that Nicolas Cage was going to play Dracula. And I guess I, I'm not even 100% sure. So please do not take, me, take my word as gospel. I don't know if this is going to be a reboot of the Universal Horror Monster franchise? Or is this just, um, how would you say it? Like, it's kind of like a spinoff, like how I, Frankenstein, is not part of the Universal Monsters lore, even though it's kind of their property. Um, But I digress. Um, I'm not sure if this is a Universal property or not, but the movie is named Renfield, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that the name of Dracula's human assistant servant slave um sure okay and the image that everybody's pretty much seen worldwide is the image of nick cage in what looks like a velveteen red velveteen suit he has the special crest emblem necklace brooch that dracula wears or more specifically bella Lagosi's dracula wears in his version of the film and Here's the thing. I see a lot of people kind of clowning Nicolas Cage for the look in this film, but I I'm reserving judgment. I don't want to make a comment too much about it because I don't know the context. Now they say he's playing Dracula, and I I guess I could see it. I mean, I don't think he looks bad necessarily. You know, Nicolas Cage has his own special brand. His 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 own special je ne sais quoi when it comes to acting not that i'm saying it's bad it's different is all and personally i don't hate the look if if i'm gonna add my own personal two cents about it i don't really hate the look i think he looks okay um but it's more along the lines of until we see some leaked footage or some kind of leaked i don't know like trailer or something that shows exactly what his acting's like i can't judge this Personally, I know some people are kind of clowning the look. I'm not. I personally think it's not bad. It's just, it's a it's a little loud. I mean, the suit is like a very brash blood red with the trim being a little lighter. And I don't think the trim is velveteen at all. But I don't hate it. It's just different. Uh, and I think that's just something us audience members are going to kind of get used to or going to have to try to. In the past, we've seen Universal try to make... And again, this is assuming this is Universal's property. I really don't know. But we've seen in the past where Universal's tried to reboot its series, do like a, a Marvel cinematic universe, if you will, of its monsters. But I think the sad thing is that Universal doesn't realize is they were the first proprietors of creating an in-character universe for their monsters like they originated this long before dc tried to do it long before marvel was doing it with disney um by creating like frankenstein meets the wolf man abbott and costello like so on and so forth so when they started to do the dark universe series which i thought was going to be amazing and again this is you know the dark universe that they did with tom cruise's the mummy which was i saw it as a work in progress and it was fucking awful i'm sorry Um, That's not the first time they've tried to reboot the monster franchise. Uh, They did it once before in 2009 with Benicio Del Toro in The Wolfman. And a lot of people didn't like this movie. I, for one, loved it. So I don't know what people saw about it that they hated so badly. But yes, it was with Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins and it was great. But... There was that. They also tried to do a reboot of Dracula with Luke Evans, who I personally love Luke Evans, not just because of his time with the Fast and Furious movies, but they tried to do a reboot of him as Dracula doing the story Dracula Untold, which was played for more of a PG-13 audience. And that was okay. Not fantastic, just okay. And it kind of still tried to borrow... I think the problem was it borrowed a little too much from 1992's Dracula with our boy um with our boy keanu reeves renona Ryder, and gary oldman as much as i want to love that more i have to be honest with myself of listen it's exactly it's trying to be this but it's trying to be with a fresher face and don't get me wrong who didn't fall in love with gary oldman as dracula he was <clears throat> i digress anyway so yeah nicholas cage playing an older not exactly, I'm not, I'm not saying he's unattractive, but he's not as handsome, Dracula, compared to like Luke Evans, because come on now, he was also gassed on. Um, I'm just saying this is kind of going back to paying the homage of vampires being hideous, because a lot of people forget this, but up until Dracula, on Bram's is Bram Stoker's Dracula, and also Interview with the Vampire that was released around what, 94? 93, 94 you have to understand, up until that point, Dracula was never seen as attractive. He was alluring, sure, but, you know, women weren't really losing their minds to want to sleep with him. And that was kind of the whole thing going forward was that vampires are very ugly creatures. So, and again, this is not a knock to Nicolas Cage. I'm not trying to say he's hideous or anything. I'm just saying that what they're trying to do is kind of get monsters back to basics we're trying to make monsters scary not attractive and I think that's the edge they want to go for um so truthfully I hope this new version of Dracula if it is released under Universal's namesake and moniker I hope it does do well because I really want to see this dark universe that Universal really wanted to push um and kind of recreating their original monsters because the monsters are to Universal what Mickey Mouse is to Disney, you know, like the Universal was founded on their monsters. So it is such a big deal that if outside of the black and white films, which I own all of the main Universal monsters, not so much the sequels like Son of Dracula, Dracula's daughter, *Aben Costello meet Frankenstein. I don't have much. I don't have the sequels. I just have the main ones and all the main ones, including like the original Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I do have all of these, including all the main ones, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, The Mummy, even the Claude Rains um, Phantom of the Opera, which I really don't like, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I have them. I love these movies so passionately. I still, like, I don't watch them feverently, but I do pick them up time to time when I just miss them. And yeah, I could dare say that the newer reboots from the 2000s onward were not super fantastic. Though I will always still say I have a a very soft spot for Benicio Del Toro's um, Wolfman. Hell, Van Helsing was a fantastic try at rebooting the monsters. Like, I I don't think the movie did substantially amazing, but it did well enough. And I think that attempt to bring the monsters mainstream again was really, really good. Um, And so that's what I'm kind of hoping for with Nicolas Cage's uh, casting of Dracula and... Yeah, I hope Renfield does well. Um, I'm kind of hoping they change the name, if, especially if it's going to involve Dracula. But I feel like it's still too early days to say this is a, a not, not even a pre-production post of him. It's actually a current, like, in-production post. So uh, clearly they're still filming. That can t- easily take another 10 weeks before we get the filming done, then it's post-production, so on, so forth. So we got a while before anything happens with Renfield. But let me know your thoughts on this. Are you excited to see Nicolas Cage as Dracula? Have you seen the image? What do you think about it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's goofy? Let me know, because truthfully, I'm looking forward to it. So guys, we're going to go ahead and continue this horror train going. Our next topic comes to us from ScreenRant.com, in which they made the announcement... As of three days ago, you see how recent all this is? Christina Ricci's Wednesday return corrects the Addams Family 3 mistake. So I'm a level with you guys. I didn't even know there was an Addams Family 3. Because I was definitely of that generation that Christina Ricci Wednesday um, in the Addams Family with Angelica Houston those two movies were the only definitive like that was the cutoff point to the Addams Family for me. Anything else that was made after it is garbage. And that's again, very biased for me to say because I didn't see the new, uh the two new Addams Family movies, the CG'd ones, with um Charlize Theron playing the role of Morticia or voicing the role of Morticia and Chloe Grace Moretz voicing Wednesday. Um I will be very honest, I haven't seen these films, so I have no opinion of it and i'm not allowed i should not speak of it until i've seen it but wednesday uh for me christina ricci is my wednesday period i will i will acknowledge the ones that came before her uh in terms of like the original black and white show the cartoon series or the cartoon series that even came out around like the time of scooby-doo and the ones that came out in the late 80s early 90s around the time of the film i'll acknowledge those but anything past that If it's not Christina Ricci, I don't want to hear it. So, yeah, I didn't even know there was an Addams Family 3. But let's go ahead and dive into this article together. It says, Christina Ricci is set to return to the Addams Family franchise after a 30-year absence, undoing a mistake made by the 1998 Addams Family reunion. Christina Ricci is set to return to the Addams Family franchise in Netflix's upcoming series Wednesday correcting a mistake made by the adams family 3 Richie is por- Richie portrayed the gloomy and mischievous young Wednesday in the 1991 iconic adams family adaptation as well as the 1993 sequel adams family values my personal favorite now more than 30 years after her first appearance Richie has been added to the cast of tim burton's Uh, Tim Burton's The Addams Family series, undoing mistakes of the film's past. The new Netflix series Wednesday brings the twisted mind of Tim Burton into the Addams Family franchise. The show will follow Wednesday Addams as she learns to control her budding psychic abilities at Nevermore Academy, inevitably finding herself embroiled in the same supernatural mystery that has plagued her parents decades prior. Jenna Ortega is slated to play the omnipotent Wednesday Addams, and Christina Ricci's involvement has been confirmed, though her character remains a mystery. The Adams family has been extraordinarily popular since the original series premiered in 1964, spawning a slew of spin-offs and reboots in the early in the nearly 60-year since. But perhaps the Least well-received incarnation remains the 1998 Adams Family Reunion, starring Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah as Gomez and Morticia Adams. Raúl Julia, the actor who had previously played Gorm- Gomez, had passed away in 1994, and the children portraying Wednesday and Pugsley Adams changed from Poohburn Adams for the film had grown too old for the roles leading in the remaining members of the cast to lose interest in the project. Adam's Family Reunion was forced to bring in an entirely new cast, and despite the star power it managed to attract, the film suffered heftily as a result. Now, Netflix's Wednesday has a chance to fix Adam's Family Reunion's mistake. Not only will the series allow Ricci to end her former role thematically, but her involvement is Satiating to fans of the live action movies. Wednesday will avoid the pitfalls of Adams' family reunion by taking a new angle on the story with references to the original without upending the established universe. Although Christina Ricci won't be returning as Wednesday Adams, her casting in the series is exciting nonetheless. Ricci's Yellow Jacket performance proved that she has retained her proficiency for disturbed characters, so pairing her talents with those of Tim Burton within a universe that thrives on the macabre makes perfect sense. Although the 2019 animated remake of The Addams Family was rather successful, Wednesday will likely play to a slightly older demographic, with Rob Zombie's upcoming remake of The Monsters, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Netflix. Is smart to attach someone so associated with the Adams family franchise to Burton's adaption to give it a competitive edge. Christina Ricci's return, paired with Burton's involvement, and Catherine Zeta Jones' take on Morticia Adams, set to the stage for what is sure to be a gloomy and creative take on the Adams family. So, guys, that is the full article in its entirety. If you want to check it out on ScreenRant.com, which I also really love their YouTube channel. It's a great source for pretty much anything in the media that you want to know about. It's there for your enjoyment. enjoyment. Words today. But yes, guys, I'm really stoked on Christina Ricci coming back to take some kind of role in this spinoff, more or less. Of her character Wednesday Adams. Now, like, like the article said, we don't know what character she's slated to voice, but I am still excited nonetheless that she's gonna be in it. And of course, it's with Tim Burton, a man that I would give any of my limbs easily to work for. So I'm excited for this. Um, I do not, the article does not recall when the date of this series is slated to come out. I believe I had said it at some point. But because no one has been talking about it up until Christina Ricci's appearance, the date kind of just got lost in obscurity. Um, Aside from other shows where I've been actively waiting because I'm getting updates daily, like what we do in The Shadows season 4 we'll be dropping on Hulu, hopefully at some point in mid-April. Um, so we at least have that, but as far as Wednesday, I'm not sure exactly when we can expect any more updates. So when any further news leaks, whether it's on a release date for the show or when we finally break ground on finding out what character Christina Ricci will be voicing, there will be an update. So guys, as if I don't have an amalgamation of news for you this week, that's why I gave you this episode three weeks early. You're Welcome. We have to talk theme parks real quick, more specifically to Universal Studios Hollywood. Now, I know there's been a little bit of updates between all the four major theme parks of Southern California, that being Six Flags Magic Mountain, Universal Studios Hollywood, Knott's Berry Farm, and Disneyland. The main ones I want to talk about is mostly Universal Studios. Um, I do have a little bit of a Six Flags update because, you know, your girl is a massive theme park buff, except for Knott's. Sorry, Knott's. Um... Six Flags Magic Mountain has had a bunch of roller coasters closed down for refurbishment, uh, one of which has been Batman, which is one of my personal favorite roller coasters there. It's in my top five, easily maybe even top three. Um, It's been down because the whole DC Nation area of Six Flags Magic Mountain is getting revamped to become the, um, the new epicenter for the next roller coaster, which is Wonder Woman Flight of Courage, which is one of the first which is supposedly the tallest and fastest single-rail raptor coaster in the world. As if Six Flags Magic Mountain here in Valencia is not breaking a bunch of records. It's phenomenal. Um, I've already seen CG renderings of what the ride's going to be like once it's finished, its ride through, etc. It's going to be dope. Um, But yeah, the DC area of Six Flags Magic Mountain is still currently closed as they're getting Wonder Woman built and ready. Um, So that means Batman's closed until further notice. Next is going to be Tatsu, which has been under a refurbishment for quite some time. That just reopened this week. So now is kind of the time to kind of go and enjoy Six Flags. Um, Like I said, Batman is still closed for now. Wonder Woman is still being built. The rumored date is summer 2022. So this year, Wonder Woman Flight of Courage should be finished. But as of right now, it's still the many for the few times I've been to Six Flags this year, which is I've been twice now. It's still under a lot of work, so a lot needs to still be done. Um, So there's that. Um, I'm also really sad I got to miss out hopping over to Anaheim to talk about Disneyland. I'm really upset I got to miss Villain's Night. And if you haven't known new or you have no clue what Villain's Night is, essentially Disneyland started making these specialty themed nights on any given night of the week. Usually these events run a few nights, maybe like four or five nights depending on the event, so they did one that was 90s nights, where they appreciated all things 90s that came out of Disney, especially Disney cartoons on the Disney Channel, movies that came out in the 90s that were a big deal, like a Goofy movie, which is one of my top favorites, they also made a Sweetheart's Night, which is kind of like a Valentine's Day night, but it's over the course of several nights, um, where it's, it's a night dedicated to couples, and, The most recently, Villains Night, where it is the villains getting to run amok in the park without it being Halloween, spooky season. And all of these events, they're paid extra events. You don't need a day ticket necessarily to get into the park to enjoy it. You just need to buy a ticket for that event. And of course, this is one of those events where adults can dress up in costume. So they had a villains night where some villains that some of us have never even seen before, like the villains from Aristocats, got to walk around Disney parks, which is super cool to see, and it's so rare. But yeah, your girl missed out on that too. There's to be more Disney event nights coming. I'm just not sure of when. I will keep you updated on when those happen. And then lastly, the big news for theme parks, as we jump all the way over to North Hollywood and talk about Universal Studios. Now Universal, I dare say, is the one theme park that's having the most upgrades and damned if they're not doing it all correct. Like, I'm sure you've all heard already that Disney, uh, Universal Studios Japan has already got their Nintendo World starting with a Mario-themed world and that we were finally getting one in California here in my beloved Southern California now in 2023. That is the official date of when our Nintendo World will be finished, I have been watching this very closely. I am an annual pass holder to Universal Studios and have seen the progress of this Nintendo World and it is dope. And I've also been watching a lot of uh, theme park bloggers on YouTube and showing their experiences because they go more frequently than I do. And man, it looks amazing. What I've seen of it so far is fire. So Nintendo World is coming to us. and You better believe me and my friends and my boyfriend will be dressing up to, dr- to race Mario Kart in the most realistic way possible, your girl's going to be a shy guy. It's going to be fantastic. So I'm looking forward to Nintendo World once it opens in 2023, but that's all we got on that is just 2023. No date past that. Then, believe it or not, the main reason we're even having this theme park discussion is because we've already gotten word that Halloween Horror Nights mazes have already started to be built fucking what like this is so insanely early this is n- the end of march and we already have confirmation halloween horror night's mazes have already started getting built um so far there's three worth mentioning one of them is in the food court square across from the secret life of pets and the former walking dead which walking dead was bullshit but anyway it's across the street it's across the way from the secret life of pets near the Parisian court, and no news on what that maze is, but it is already being built, then photos have already started, well, anybody who frequents Universal Studios like I do, would notice that they already started building a maze next to the mummy. And last year for Halloween Horror Nights, that was the site of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre maze, which was dope, but there's another maze going there right now. And it's still early days, it's still just woodwork, so nobody knows exactly what that maze is supposed to be. But the one that's the most curious is, and ironically said that, is the um, maze that's getting built closest to the Curious George parking lot. Um, This is also the site, if you went to Halloween Horror Nights here in Southern California last year in 2021, this is the site of where the maze for the Haunting of Hill House and Pandora was. And this one more specifically seems to be placed closer to where the maze uh, for Haunting of Hill House was. And a lot of rumors are going up because this one already has some cosmetic work done on this maze. A lot of it is still just woodwork with no context as to what it is yet, but some cosmetic stuff for the front entrance of the maze has already gone to go up and people have already started circulating what they think it is. Some people said that we could be getting a Fear Street maze, which would be fucking great because I've I've watched Fear Street. I love this show. I love the three-part movie. Um, Some people think it's Fear Street. Some people have been saying they think it might even be Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, I could buy that. I could believe it could be Nightmare on Elm Street. When I looked at it, it looked like it. Or some people are also saying there's a high chance it could be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's a good assumption. I'm just not sure. So, yeah, guys, we're already getting updates on Halloween Horror Nights now in March. This is something we usually don't get an update on until, like, at least July. But news has already started circulating about it, and I couldn't be any more excited. But I will also be attending Midsummer Scream. That'll be happening in in July, I believe. And by then, that's when the creators of Halloween Horror Nights go and have a panel And they give updates on what the mazes will be for this year. So that is something I am highly looking forward to. Of course, if anything breaks sooner than that, you know your girl's going to keep you updated. And with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. But we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, welcome back. So for this next segment, we're going to talk about something that I feel not something I'd like to talk about, but it's just apparently a rumor. And um, this is going to be some Disney news to kind of break up the horror. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the rumor that Tron 3 might be back in the works. Now, for those of you who might have forgotten, because some time has definitely passed. Back in 2009, Disney had released a sequel to the 1982 movie Tron. And they released a movie called Tron Legacy in 2009, and this movie was fucking fire. I don't think I met a single person who hated this movie. It was ridiculously impressive. So to even backtrack on that movie, you have to go back to the source, which is Tron, which is a movie about a game designer who gets sucked into the video game world. Very Space Jam-esque, but again, it's a game world in the 80s and he basically meets this program named Tron that helps him not only combat the game CG game world of the 1980s but also get him out of the of the game world and into his real world. Spoiler he succeeds. Um but also this movie came out in 82. I wasn't even born yet. So you had some time to catch up with this film. Now Tron Legacy picks up some several A couple of decades later, it is now in 2008-2009, and um, the son of that game developer is now looking for his dad, who had disappeared for quite some time. And sure enough, he kind of goes through the same experience of getting sucked into the video game world of 2009 to try to find what became of his father. Well, now, now that you're kind of up to speed on at least the gists of what happened, there's rumors that Tron 3 has finally got back into production when in 2009 Tron Legacy did so exponentially well that Disney was ready to make some massive changes. For example, in the building of Disneyland Shanghai, they had built a Tron Legacy roller coaster which is actually incredibly popular there. Um uh, they wanted to start building one a uh, Tron Legacy roller coaster in Florida which they are now finally doing. And they wanted to build one in uh, Disneyland in Anaheim, California. They also wanted to start production on the third movie immediately after Tron Legacy took off. They even created a cartoon in the meantime to kind of pacify fans until production could start on the third movie. However, sci-fi movies were not doing so well outside of Tron Legacy as a matter of fact, Disney released a movie based on the land at the park called Tomorrowland with George Clooney, and this movie tanked so hard. Like, it was really bad. So I, in, I believe it was an amalgamation of the sci-fi movies not doing well, Tomorrowland tanked, and also just really developed, like, delving a lot of their money and funds and resources into making sure Disneyland Shanghai was a success as, let's be honest, at the time it was called Euro Disney, now called Disneyland. Paris did not do well on when it first opened. They didn't want to have that tragedy on their hands again. Tron 3 was scrapped and never made. Um, and that has been since 2009. We are now, what, 12, 13 years later? Um... And you know, we, uh, Tron at that point has now kind of been forgotten by time because Disney doesn't talk about it anymore outside of them now wanting to build the ride in Florida. Well, now they said that it's back in the works, and this could either be a good or a bad thing, but they're now saying it's going to be spearheaded by Jared Leto. Um, ooh. There's a little bit to unpack with that one. See, fans have. My from what i hear through the grapevines about how fans feel about jared leto it's a mixed bag um some people still love him back from his 30 seconds to mars days and truthfully that's where i remember him best by if not that then his role in american psycho and alexander and the few that want to remember him for his negative will easily point to suicide squad and i can't really blame them for that um Jared Leto has not been doing well in terms of keeping himself in the public image in a positive way, so it is kind of rubbing some the wrong way on his involvement um and all I have to go off of is again that this is a rumor this is not proposed to be a hundred percent true just yet. Um, there was talks about it a while back that. Tron 3 was going to revolve around the newer characters from Tron Legacy, which is Cillian Murphy and um, the main protagonist of the movie, played by Garrett Hudland. And this was the movie that everybody was itching to see because of the dynamic that these two characters had. When you saw them, they didn't even interact with each other in the film, but you, when you saw them in the film, you're like, this is going to be the best. And I don't know why, but the name of the characters just ran back into my head now. Uh, Garrett Hudlin's character named Sam Flynn, the son of Kevin Flynn from Tron, the first movie, and Cillian Murphy playing Edward Dillinger Jr., um, who was the rival to... um, whose dad, Edward Dillinger, was the rival to jeff bridges kevin flynn in the original tron so that's gonna blow my mind that this if this is gonna be true and not only did they say jared leto is gonna spearhead this movie but he's also in it um i don't know what character he's gonna be playing i don't know where that's gonna go um and the only photos i found that kind of correlate to where all this is going is a it looks like it's probably a photoshopped photo of Jared Leto with his hair slicked back, kind of a full beard, in what looks to be a Japanese style hakubond kimono, uh, with the cityscape of the gaming world, also called the grid, in the background. Again, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know if this is a rumor or not. And the only thing I keep finding attached to it is people saying hashtag Daft Punk gotta get back together for Tron 3, which of course Daft Punk did the soundtrack to Tron Legacy, which was fucking phenomenal. I blasted that soundtrack, the Tron Legacy soundtrack for a full year. Not only just the score, but the soundtrack. It was amazing. So... Yeah, guys, chime in on this. Do you think that this is a rumor that Jared Leto will be having a massive hand in working on Tron 3? Do you think this is true? Do you think this is a rumor? And how do you feel about his involvement in it? I mean, I'm trying to be very positive about his involvement in it, and I want to just say, like, I want to give him a second chance. He can't always... I, I, I think he can be above the horrible stereotype he may have created for himself and i want to be faithful to i want to be hopeful to the fact that this can be really good but i don't know how to feel about it just yet but go ahead and sound off and send me a message on what you think about the possibility of us finally finally getting a tron 3 Well, guys, if I've talked about it several million times, I'm going to continue to do it several million times more. And that is going back to one of my favorite doll franchises, if not my favorite doll franchise, Monster High. What new could I possibly have for you guys with Monster High? I've talked a little bit about the new line of Monster High merch that's coming out of Hot Topic, some of which they've sent me already such as a few of their new t-shirts. I have gotten three or four new Monster High t-shirts in the past couple months. They sent me the really cute Monster High alumni backpack. It looks similar to a Loungefly backpack. I have that. It's on my wall. It's amazing. I also have the Monster High eyeshadow palette that Hot Topic had just released. It's phenomenal. Um, I already have two out of the three Hot Couture Dolls. With Frankie already up on my wall and Claudine in the mail. She'll hopefully be here in the next four days. What else is there, Monster High, that I could talk about that I haven't already? What if I told you there's the possibility of two new dolls? No, and I'm not talking about haunt couture dolls. No, no, no. A photo, two photos, honestly, have leaked online of two potentially new dolls and what's interesting about these two is one that looks to be a vampire and one looks to be a werewolf um because part of the face is already painted and they're you you, if you've seen a monster hide all you know that um particularly like dracula and claudine have their fangs painted onto their lips but yeah one's a werewolf one's a vampire because of the werewolf one has the ears already in its place uh, not much of a face-up has been done to the doll. It just has its eyebrows and what looks to be an outline of where they want the lip color to go. But get this. They're black and white. Yeah, the doll images that have been leaked online show a completely grayscale face. Like, gray skin tone. Not exactly like Gulia I would dare say it's a little lighter than Gulia Like, a very pale gray uh, even comparison to Glulia, who's just I think is like the perfect shade of gray, but these are a very pale gray. The vampire one has a completely, um, completely full face up, with red eyes, red lips, and eyebrows, and long lashes, not rooted. But the doll—it's only the head. By the way, there is no photo of the actual full body, but it is of a head. And it has a widow's peak hairline. You can see the indentations of where they wanted the hairline to go. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a grayscale head with red eyes, red lips with the vampire fangs painted on it and its eyebrows. So its face is done, essentially, but it just has a hairline that with no hair planted on it as of yet. And it's leading a lot of fans to believe it is a character named Gory who is one, if you've ever watched any of the Monster High films, which I've owned pretty much almost all of them, there was a Monster High movie called Fright On, in which students from other monster academies that are not Monster High, like there's a vampire academy, there's a werewolf school, and the two are kind of intermeeting at Monster High, in the same kind of respect as, think of like the Triwizard Tournament, at Uh, in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, roughly the same idea, two intermingling, two other schools intermingling in one, so three in one, essentially, and that's kind of what's happening in the movie Fright On, where it's the vampires meeting up with the werewolf schools, and obviously they don't get along, but yeah, so she was, Gory was a character that was from that film in Monster High, she was from the Vampire Academy, and she had a widow's peak kind of hairstyle very very goth hairstyle with instead of it being like a straight cut bang that ends it right at the eyebrows it's more of a v-shape with a kind of like a china girl bob in the back so a lot of fans are speculating that this doll might be gory and of course monster high hasn't said anything about this they're not you know and when images leak like this the same way the haunt couture dolls uh accessories were kind of leaked nothing has been said for sure on what's going on with this doll set so is this gory nobody knows yet um i personally think she was a really cool looking monster if they make her in her uniform that's even more cool and the werewolf nobody nobody knows what to make of it it is both of these molds are of a fee or of the female variety so they're female dolls um the werewolf when you if you find the image at all it just has the ears no eyes have been painted in yet a lip color like a base like a like a pale pink base has been added to the lips and the dark brown eyebrows and a hairline of where they want the hairline of the werewolf doll to go but that's it there's been no other images of what's going on with these two leaked images it's just the vampire girl who has most of her face painted and The werewolf who's partially done um and people are speculating well if it's not if it's not dracula if it's not gory and maybe a werewolf character is it potentially um is it potentially going to be the monsters in the monster high movie 13 wishes in which the main ghoul characters like frankie draculaura uh claudine and even abby and I know I'm missing a handful, like also uh, Claudine's little sister Howleen all have shadow variants of themselves where their colors are darker, more gothy, more moody, but they're all in grayscale. So some fans have speculated maybe that's what these dolls are. Maybe it's the, the shadow variant of themselves, which I think would be really cool. And Of course I have to have them, especially Claudine. Um... So yeah, some people are speculating. They think that's what this new doll set is going to be, is the Shadow variants from 13 Wishes. And then my humblest thoughts is maybe this runs the possibility of being a Comic-Con exclusive. Now, I feel like if it was, they would be a little more finished by now. So we'll have more finished photos so people can prep if they were going to buy them for Comic-Con. Um... But that could be that could, it could still be true and they're just only now showing leaked photos that were that could be old for all we know. But my humblest of opinion is I hope that these are gonna be Comic-Con exclusives, so they'll be a little on the rarer side. Um hopefully Monster High will also let us catch our breaths. Since Claudine was such a 24-hour notice doll, even at the end of all this, she only sold out 48 hours after. Uh, the doll was released. And I think a lot of that was due in part to the fact that she was a surprise announcement, that they only gave a 24-hour notice that she was going to be on sale. But it did leave people up to two days to get her with no problem. Whereas Frankie actually, um, Frankie sold out within eight hours, which still left ple- people with plenty of time to get Frankie if you were really pressed on trying to get her like i know a lot of people nitpicked about the price point i won't get too much into that again but if you really wanted the doll you could borrow the money from some friends or have somebody pick it up for you pay them back later etc etc um so between both of the haunt couture dolls that have been released thus far um you know they weren't like it wasn't like they were very hard to get whereas draculaura is the last one in the set I feel like she's going to be a challenge to get because she's unanimously the fan favorite. Um, even in the haunt Couture line, everybody admired how much they liked Frankie's look the or Laura's look the most. And I dare say they're kind of right. She she was the one that I saw immediately and was like, she's perfect. I'm going to get her regardless. No, not to say I wasn't going to get Frankie and Claudine, but I fell in love with her look from the jump. Um, but back to it. As far as these two leaked dolls are concerned, nobody knows what they're like who these characters are gonna be in the end, nor does anybody know when, if at all, they'll be released. Maybe these are prototypes that Mattel went, eh, we're not gonna release them. Or who knows. But regardless, I think if you do find these leaked photos, it's really, really, really hard to it's kinda hard to find these photos. Like to even Google search them or look through them through Instagram to find them was kind of hard. But if you do take a look at them, let me know what you think. Let me know if you think these are possibly variant, the shadow variants of Claudine and Draculaura. Do you think that this is the vampire girl might be gory from Fright on? Who knows? I'm I'm definitely not sure. But they look interesting. And if they're going to be on the market, I can't wait to pick them up. So, guys, I'm gonna take this quick second to do a little bit of shameless plugging, but also still within the vein of giving you guys some of the latest and greatest news and deals. And that's especially if you are like me and you are a diehard Sailor Moon fan. Um, definitely like me, grew up in the 90s watching Sailor Moon. I believe I watched the reruns back in like '93, '94. So you could dare say I've almost been a fan since the beginning, especially if you've watched. The Deke dub that later went to Viz Media, and now the redubbing that they've just recently done as of 2015. Um, if you were ever interested in collecting the, the new reboot or redubbed series of the original 90s Sailor Moon, and you were kind of miffed about wanting to collect the new redubbed versions from Viz Media. Because they release them in weird segments where season one, you have to buy them in two separate DVD or Blu-ray box sets. You're now officially in luck with a better and easier way to get a hold of them. I don't know why they waited so long to do this, but they are now re-releasing the Sailor Moon 2022 Blu-ray box set. They are releasing the first season all in one cohesive box collection. So no more of this season one volume one season one volume two nonsense you're finally just going to get all of season season one of Sailor Moon in one cohesive box set which is like 50 episodes and it's going to come with all the same special features that came in those divvied up box sets that don't know why they did that That's so frustrating and better still it retails now for $49.99 so 50 bucks for what if originally you would only get half of that? It's now gonna come in one. It's in stunning Blu ray. Comes with all the same special features you would have gotten if you had bought them in the two broken up box sets. Which I know for people who have collected them, that's massively frustrating because you definitely overpaid for the exact same thing that they are now releasing. So if you were interested in finally purchasing a piece of your of your childhood without stressing, up, stressing out your bank account, because me personally, I own the original Japanese Sailor Moon with only the Japanese audio and English subtitles. I've been wanting so badly to rebuy Sailor Moon with the original Deke and Viz Media dubbing from the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I wanted to buy those back. And they're actually really, they're not super expensive, but it is more money than I would like to spend at the moment to recapture the first four seasons in um, in the original dubbing. And I say the first four seasons because the last season, Sailor Moon, Sailor Stars was not dubbed in English at the time. Um, Americans apparently were not ready to hear about transgender characters. So that being said, Um, I did, I did watch the new dubbing of Sailor Moon, um, of the new, of classic Sailor Moon with new dubbing on Hulu. I believe it now got moved to Netflix, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And I like it, I like it, but there are some things that I still hold dear with the original dubbing. Like, I do kind of liked Luna having this very maternal, motherly, Angela Lansbury-esque kind of voice but I understand that Luna was always intended to sound like a teenager and that translated a little differently when Deke dubbed it back in the 90s. But now you can get the new dub for $49.99. It's also av- it's available through rightstuffanime.com where if you pre-order it now, you get a discount of $5 off the pre-order. So it would come down to $45. Or if you're like me, you're most likely going to get it through any other venue. You could also wait for it to be released through Best Buy or Walmart or Target. Uh, my personal preference is through Amazon because Amazon will inc- it is included in Prime. So it- if you do have a Prime membership, it's $50 plus tax and shipping is free. So if you're interested in getting it, it will be released officially in June. I don't believe they said an actual date outside of just June 2022. But yes, you'll finally get all of Sailor Moon in one season and one cohesive box set released in June 2022 and pre-orders start right now. You can pre-order it from rightstuffanime.com or you can pre-order it through Amazon right now and it'll be at your doorstep in June of 2022. Another shameless plug that I want to do is actually something a little more near and dear to me and that is to my friend Thomas J. Gebhardt III who had just released his own book? Um, I always love to promote any friends of mine that are doing passion projects or things that bring them some kind of joy and happiness, and I'm happy to share that for them. In this, my friend had released a book that you can either buy a paperback copy or an ebook of called Washington, a love story amidst an act of violence. I personally think that this is going to be a fantastic book. He's just released it on Amazon. You can follow the link to amazon.com slash author slash T-J-G-I-I-I and order your ebook of Washington today. It's also available in 170 countries. Go and support my friend and go check out the book. So in the midst of all this, guys, we do have one sad story to add to this list, and that is especially if you lived here in the Los Angeles area, if you were ever a fan of the concert venue, The Viper Room, you have some sad news coming your way. As of an article that was just posted yesterday, or today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast... The Viper Room will be torn down and remodeled as part of a 12-story high-rise. This article just comes in from LAist.com, in which they say, yeah, guys, it's happening. The Viper Room is is going to be closing its doors. And for me who's never gotten to see a show there, this breaks my heart. So let's go ahead and get into this article. It's curtains for the Viper Room as you know it. The iconic music venue on the Sunset Strip hosted bands such as Hole, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers, Tenacious D, and more. The Cave Light Club was the toast of the 90s rock scene when it was co-owned by actor Johnny Depp. The club also became notorious for its 1993 when actor River Phoenix died of an overdose on the sidewalk outside the venue. Now, come next year, in 2023 the building and surrounding storefronts are slated to be torn down and replaced with a mixed-use high-rise. According to the statement sent by Silver Creek Development, which bought the property four years ago, the 12-story building will include a hotel, restaurants, and condos. And the Viper Room? That'll reopen with a new design on the ground level. While the 90s may feel like they weren't that long ago, we should still consider the historical significance of the Viper Room and sites from the same era, according to Adrian Scott Fine of the Los Angeles Conservancy. Quote, they're not even talking about these places or even thinking about them as being potentially historic because they do see them as being so new, Fine said. So we need to change that because we're going to lose a lot of places before we can even start understanding how to fit into a larger context, end quote. Because the soon-to-be-demolished Viper Room lacks architectural significance, it will be inherently more difficult to make the case, to protect the building, Fine said. Tommy Black, general manager of the Viper Room, says he's excited that the venue will get a new lease on life and become bigger and better. Well, guys, I don't know how to feel about that. But to me, it just sounds like more gentrification for Los Angeles, as if landmark venues that we have haven't been changed or removed. For example, we lost the House of Blues in Hollywood to become a high rise apartment complex. And they've never put in a new House of Blues in Los Angeles since then. Um, The House of Blues in Anaheim that used to be part of downtown Disney was was torn down, but at least moved to a new location, which is actually walking distance from where it used to be. But I do find it disheartening to a venue that's as legendary as this is going to be torn down and changed just because it doesn't fit with the new scheme of gentrification in which we don't need new high-rise apartments. Because let's be honest, people, let's be very honest right now. Nobody's really moving to Los Angeles right now. Nobody. So, these condos are being built in vain. And I feel like it's unnecessary to tear down venues like this that sure could use a facelift because maybe their buildings are not up to code earthquake, fire damage, water, whatever but not to be demolished to be something that people cannot afford anyway. So, if I'll keep updates on this, but if there's any listings on the possibility of saving the Viper room, which Let's be honest, since it wasn't it's no longer owned by Johnny Depp, that's a whole nother ballpark of hard to deal with. But if there's any way in which we can try to save the Viper room, I think we should. So a brief update in the world of music. I have some updates from you guys from Shock Rocker himself, Rob Zombie. He makes an announcement that today is the day. Freaks on Parade tickets on sale now. Get your tickets. Do not miss out. This is gonna be a killer night. Now this is a tour Rob Zombie is going on, called as you already heard, Freaks on Parade, and this will be Rob Zombie touring with Mudvayne, Static X, and Powerman 5000. They will be hitting these dates which is going to be July 20th, Maryland Heights, Montana. July 21st, Noblesville, Indiana. July 23rd, uh, Barstow, Virginia. July 24th, Charlotte, North Carolina. July 26th, Tampa, Florida. July 27th, Alberta. Oh, I'm sorry. Alpharetta, Georgia. July 29th, Camden, New Jersey, July 30th, Mansfield, Massachusetts, July 31st, Homedale, New Jersey, August 2nd in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, August 3rd, Cuy- hi- 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 Whoa, I'm so sorry. Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, August 5th will be Tinley Park, Illinois, August 6th will be Council Buffs, Iowa, August 10th, Salt Lake City, Utah, August 12th, Irvine, California, August 13th, Las Vegas, Nevada, August 14th, Chula Vista, California, August 16th, Albuquerque, New Mexico, August 18th, 18th, August Austin, Texas, August 20th, Fort Worth, Texas, and August 21st, The Woodlands, Texas. So if you live in those adjoining areas, if you are like me and you're a massive Rob Zombie, Mudvayne, definitely Static X, and Powerman 5000, this is a tour you don't want to miss. Either check out Ticketmaster.com or go through the app Bands in Town to check out these dates. Well, to be a little bit more uplifting in music news, we have another article to read from that comes from metalinjection.net in which, ooh, guys, I'm, I'm too excited to talk about this one. The article headline reads as follows. Danny Elfman and Trent Reznor stream new collaboration titled Native Intelligence, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. This actually got released about five days ago and... Guys, if you don't even know who Trent Reznor or Danny Elfman, who these people are, you shouldn't be on this podcast because God damn it, they're like one of the biggest names in goth spooky universe. Um, Danny Elfman being the man behind pretty much almost all the scoring of any Tim Burton project. The lead singer of Oingo Boingo. He's the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Like you have to know who he is. Trent Reznor also being one of the founding godfathers of goth industrial music. He is the frontman of Nine Inch Nails. He did the scoring for Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, the American release. He has also done the soundtrack to The Social Network. Like, this man is stupid talented. Like, this, he oozes talent. And again, the godfather of modern-day goth industrial music. You have to know who these people are. I, I can't stop singing their praises enough. Ah! But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about the article from MetalInjection.net. It simply reads as, Danny Elfman and Trent Reznor teamed up for a rework of Elfman's track True last year, and now they're back with a rework of Native Intelligence. The new version of the song is the perfect blend of progressive orchestrations and straightforward rock. Which really could also be said, and has been said, of Elfman's new record, Big Mess. Elfman also recently announced an incredibly expansive box set version of his new album, Big Mess, including bonus discs of unheard remixes, never-before-released songs, with featured vocalists including Rebecca Del Rio, Fever 333, Blixa Barglid, and tons of photos and goodies with the Big Mess box set, with a link available here. Elfman will also perform his Danny Elfman from Boingo to Batman to Big Mess and Beyond shows at this year's Coachella Valley Musical and Arts Festival on April 16th through April 23rd. The shows will be see the shows will see him perform tracks from Big Mess Live for the first time ever, along with Oingo Boingo songs which he has not performed since their 1995 Farewell Tour, as well as others spanning his entire career. So guys, this is pretty freaking huge. And again, the voice of Jack Skellington working hand in hand with the godfather of goth industrial music is fucking huge. And if you have the chance to go to Coachella and check it out, I highly recommend it. I personally will not be going because budgetary reasons, But it would be really cool for somebody to film some footage for people like me who won't be able to make it and get to enjoy such a crazy, amazing experience. Also, guys, I know it's been a hot minute since I've given you guys some killer deals on makeup, clothing, anything. Don't worry, I haven't forgot you. From ColourPop Cosmetics, right now they have a stock up for spring sale where you can get up to 40% off selected items. And buy any two complexion products and get 25% off now. That's at ColourPop Cosmetics, C O L O U R P O P Cosmetics.com. Now, from there, let's go visit our friends over at Killstar, where they are killing it with a 30% off sale. So, right now, they have a sale 30% off clothes, shoes, and, and accessories. All select items that you can go and shop right now. No code necessary. And also, if you are interested in it, if you are in the L.A. area, we also have a cool sample sale from Dolls Kill, which will be going on for another for today and tomorrow at their L.A. location at 415 North Fairfax in Los Angeles. That is in Melrose, people. The shop will be open from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. for their sample sale. You're going to find some super killer deals. You also don't want to miss out on those. And that is it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. Again, I really wasn't planning on making one, but when I saw how much news had just happened in the goth and alternative community, I felt like I had to jump away from my break to give you guys this content because this was so much and as you already know this episode ran an hour long because that's just how much news had happened this week that i had to talk about i had to jump on and give you guys the latest tea so thank you guys so much for tuning in i cannot speak praises enough of how much i appreciate each and every one of you tuning in whether you live in the same city as me state across the country or halfway across the globe your listenership keeps my podcast going. I wouldn't have made it to season five without you. And as always, if you want to follow me on any of my other social media, my TikTok and Instagram are Morningstar Moonchild. My YouTube is also Morningstar Moonchild. My Twitter and Snapchat, though not very active, is all, is Moonchild nil, just because Morningstar Moonchild was too long. So <laughs> again, Twitter and Snapchat... Is Moon Child Nil. Go ahead and check any of them out and give them a like, subscribe, follow, or share it with somebody that you think might be interested. And of course, you can also hit me up in my DMs on TikTok or Instagram if you have any questions you would like me to answer in my listener friendly ask questions. I know I didn't do one this time because this episode ran very long. Or if you have topics you would like me to cover in my future episodes, I will happily happily get to those but please adhere to my rule guys no politics nobody's here for that bullshit nobody cares nobody should care the politics are bullshit i'm here to bring you guys fun and enjoyable content because nobody wants to be bogged down by bullshit and that's it like i said the next episode will be released within two weeks it'll be coming out friday into saturday april 15th midnight into April 16th um and that's pretty much all the major news I have other than that I'm getting slowly ready to not only debut Claudine that I've been working so hard on like I said if you've been watching my Instagram stories you've been watching me work on her but I'm also getting ready for Bat's Day fun day at the park at Disneyland if you're not from the area and you don't know what that is it's basically the gothic holiday at Disneyland It is not sponsored by Disney in any way. It's a fan-made event, but Disney allows it to happen in the park. And you'll definitely see photos on my Instagram post, or you'll see some on my TikTok. It'll be in my story on Instagram. It'll be everywhere. Um, Because this is when you see some Disney goths come out in their absolute finest. And it's such an amazing event just to see people like that. Goths you didn't even know existed. And I'm getting ready for that as well. I know that's still a month away. It's going to be May 8th. Um, And I already have my tickets. I'm ready to go. But that's also what I'm focusing on, too. Um, Planning outfits is always a big deal. One must, must always be fashionable and not just show up, you arrive. So I will be working on that as well. But in the meantime, guys, please remember to stay safe. Spread kindness because it's free. And blessed be.